Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're gonna be going in depth into my week number four waiver wire ads for the 2023 fantasy football season where we're talking about five running backs, five wide receivers, three quarterbacks, and three tight ends that you should be looking to add to your roster prior to week number four via the waiver wire. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want access to my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any of your questions, that you guys may have check out the patreon link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents a month so without further ado let's get into my week number four waiver wire ads we begin with the running back waiver wire ads for week number four at number one with devin a chain devin two chains of the miami dolphins going up against the buffalo bills this week in buffalo now devin a chain was a player that i talked up heavily in the fantasy football offseason in the fantasy football draft process i really liked his speed coming out of college i liked his fit in the offense. I thought he fit like a glove. Shout out OJ Simpson because of the amount of speed that he has in this offense that is incredibly fast. I know Devin A. Chain is a little bit undersized, right? He's not the biggest back. He's not Derrick Henry. But if you can get Devin A. Chain in space, he can make one cut and run 99 yards straight to the crib. And we saw him dominate 50 Shades of Grey style on Sunday up against the Denver Broncos. Right now, A-Chain is currently owned in 15.6% of leagues on ESPN and 18.2% on NFL. He is currently the running back number one in week number three. Now, this video is being recorded prior to Monday Night Football. So, obviously, maybe Devin A-Chain gets dethroned. And there's also possibilities that this waiver wire list could change if an injury occurs on the two Monday Night Football games. So, if anything changes, make sure you guys do check the pinned comment because I will update things down there. So running back one currently last week, week three up against the Denver Broncos. Again, this was domination, pure domination like Shaquille O'Neal in the paint. 18 rushes for 203 yards and two touchdowns, four receptions on four targets, four for four, like he was at Wendy's for 30 yards and two more touchdowns, right? Four fucking touchdowns in this guy's second ever NFL start. Now, obviously, there are some things to worry about when it comes to Devin A-Chain, right? How long is Jeff Wilson going to be out? What happens once they throw Jeff Wilson back into the mix? Next week, do they throw Salvin Ahmed back in there? Because Ahmed did miss week number three, and that's what really gave Devin A-Chain the nod to get a lot more work in week number three, ultimately. With Ahmed, based upon what we saw from A-Chain, I don't think Ahmed's going to be seeing the field much. I think it's going to be a one-two punch of Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain. Right now, I would still definitely rather have Raheem Mostert over Devin A-Chain because I think that we're going to see more work out of Raheem Mostert compared to A-Chain, but A-Chain also catches passes really well. Again, four for four, like he was at Wendy's for 30 yards and two touchdowns. So Devin A-Chain is the real deal. You want players that are starting on an offense that can absolutely destroy a defense like the Miami Dolphins. I have never seen in my life, or at least off the top of my head, an offense that is humming as much as the Miami Dolphins right now. Now I am a Miami Dolphins fan. I do give the team the Gawk Gawk 9000, but Devin A. Chain is that guy. I would be willing to spend 70 plus percent of my fab money 
on Devin A. Chain. This guy's legit. He is the number one waiver wire ad, not just for running backs, but the number one waiver wire ad on the week. At number two, we have Matt Burita of the New York Football Giants going up against the Seattle Seahawks this week at home in New York in MetLife in prime time. Week one, prime time. Week two, not prime time against the Cardinals. Week three, prime time. And week four, prime time again. Three out of the first four games of the season, the Giants get on prime time. Now I know I'm a Giants truther. I think Brian Daybowl is going to write the ship. I think Daniel Jones doesn't suck donkey hog. But at the end of the day, I don't want to watch this shit again on prime time. 26.3% owned on ESPN, 17.1% owned on NFL. I think the odds of Saquon Barkley coming back at this point is slim to none. Now maybe Barkley will say, oh, maybe I'm going to come back this week. I don't really think it's going to happen based upon all of the stuff I've read from doctors. Now again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, but based upon what I read, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be good to go for this game on Sunday night football running back 19 on the week in week number three up against the 49ers on Thursday night football in San Fran four rushes for 17 yards and a touchdown three receptions on three targets for one yard ultimately do I think Matt Breed is very good Fuck no, baby. But the Giants do love to run the ball, and Matt Burita will be a serviceable option for week number four. Beyond week four, though, it seems like Barkley could be back by week five. So kind of just a one-week rental, whereas Devin A. Chain could, has the potential to be a league winner. And as we keep going down, the waiver wire ads at running back, basically all these guys are either guys that you just hold on the bench and hope get better or one-week rentals, like potentially Justice Hill of the Ravens going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. 30.9% owned on ESPN, 5.8% owned on NFL. I do find it very interesting how different the ownership percentage is from website to website, which is why I bring up ESPN and NFL, because we looked at just ESPN or just NFL, things are vastly different. So Justice Hill was out in week number three, but since Gus Bus Edwards suffered a concussion last week, Hill would be the starter, assuming Justice Hill plays and Gus Edwards misses. If not, the team will get a ragtag group of Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake, the running backs of fantasy football's yesteryears, as a mix-in as the RB1 and the RB2. Ultimately, if Justice Hill and Gus Edwards don't play, I'm not even crazy enough to fucking go ahead and play Melvin Gordon or Kenyon Drake. I guess if I had to play one, it would be Melvin Gordon. But both of those options are kind of gross, if I'm being honest with you. Week two up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati was the last time Hill played because, again, he was out in week number three in that Ravens loss against the Colts. Running back 27 on that week, 11 carries for 41 yards, three receptions on three targets for 12 yards. Again, that's a game where Gus Edwards played. So and J.K. Dobbins was playing in that game as well. So with Justice Hill getting a majority of the carries, I would assume if Gus Edwards misses, he would be an all right option this week. Again, one of those guys where your back needs to really be against the wall to want to be starting Justice Hill. At number four, we move to Kendra Miller. Miller time of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nick, that's Lamar Miller's nickname. You can't take that for Kendra Miller. Well, guess what? I just did. Shout out, though, to my boy Lamar Miller, Miami Dolphins legendary running back 18.6% owned on ESPN 61.7% owned on NFL Alvin Kamara will be back this week but with Jamal with two A's Williams on the IR we will see Kendra Miller play second fiddle to Alvin Kamara if Kamara looks like he did last season which was pretty mid now was Alvin Kamara a bottom of the barrel running back in the NFL of course not of course not he still has some juice left in him but was he the Alvin Kamara from the last couple of years, who was legitimately one of the best running backs in the NFL? 
No. Now, maybe he comes out incredibly hot, super hot fire. I spit that two and a half men. I watch that. He comes out there just insane in the membrane. It's definitely possible. But I still think we're going to see Kendra Miller as the secondary running back. It's not like they're going to roll Kirk Mermit, fucking Kermit the Frog out there or Tony Jones Jr. as the RB2 when Kendra Miller is there. Running back 45 on the week, week three at Green Bay. Nine rushes for 34 yards. One reception on one target for zero yards. Again, is Kendra Miller this super special athlete? Is he the second coming of Alvin Kamara? Maybe, maybe not. But... He's very comparable to Kendra Miller based, or Kendra Miller is very comparable to Alvin Kamara based upon their profiles coming out of college. I think we could see Kendra Miller catching some balls, paws in this game ahead of Alvin Kamara. So I like Kendra Miller. I think he's a good player. If you need a stash running back on your roster, you want to hold a guy down that might have some big upside later in the season, I think Kendra Miller is right for that. At number five, Roshan Johnson of the Bears going up against the Denver Broncos. A mid-off, the battle of mid, the Bears versus the Broncos. 33.4% owned on ESPN, 12.9% owned on NFL. Week three running back usage for the Bears up against the Chiefs in a game where the number one headline is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Uh, that's about it, right? The fucking Chicago Bears are a dumpster fire. I was as wrong as it gets on the Bears. I thought that they had it all figured out. The script was correct from the end of last season. But Justin Fields looks fucking lost. Buddy needs a map. Khalil Herbert, 55% of the snaps. Seven rushes for 10, uh, as well as having 10 routes, two targets, 35 total yards. Roshan, 45% of snaps, eight carries, eight routes, two targets, 49 yards. Obviously, the Bears reek to high heaven. Obviously, the Bears suck on fat donkey hog. But the hope is maybe they figure shit out. And, you know, this is probably the last ditch, right? If you can't figure it out against the Denver Broncos, who just got Cleveland steamered by the Miami Dolphins, you're never figuring it out at this point. And I think at this point, Matt Everflus has to be fired. Heads need to start rolling for the Chicago Bears. If you guys have enjoyed this far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. Moving to the wide receiver position, we begin at number one with Tank Dell of the Houston Texans going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. 22.5% owned on ESPN, 10.6% owned on NFL. Devin, two chains is my number one waiver wire ad. My number two would be Tank Dell. Wide receiver six on the week, week three up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. A huge upset of a game. Now, I'm still someone that believes in the Jacksonville Jaguars bandwagon. Still a Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence guy. And I like Evan Ingram as well. But I'm starting to worry a little bit about the Jags, right? Now, it's only been three weeks, right? We don't need to full-on DEFCON 1, full-on fucking panic. Wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. But, uh... The nervousness is starting to set in, right? The Bears, you can tell, they're a fucking dumpster fire. They're kind of long gone. But the Jaguars, there's still some promise, at least in my opinion. Five receptions in that game for Tank Dell on seven targets for 145 yards and a touchdown. He has had seven or more targets in each of his last two games with over 70 yards and a score in each of those games. And the Texans look good. Now, their offensive line is terrible. Their offensive line parts like Moses parts the Red Sea. That offensive line gets a train ran on it weekly. You are going to see multiple plays where things get blown up instantly. The ball snapped. The fucking offensive line is crumbling like a Jenga tower. And then boom, CJ Stroud gets hit into Middle Earth. But he always, he's been getting back up. Not God would. We know we're for injuries. And CJ Stroud's been looking good. Tank Dell looks good. The whole Texans offensively and defensively look 
pretty fucking good. If I'm being honest with you, they are definitely way above my expectations. And D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Houston Texans, new head coach, filling in for Lovey Smith's dumbass. Uh, the Texans look look legit. Now, are they going to win 10 games this year? Fuck no, baby. But they do actually look pretty solid. They seem like a team that's going to be frisky in games. Nico Collins, to me, is still the number one option, but that doesn't mean that Tank Dell won't be useful, especially if CJ Stroud keeps playing how he is. And number two, we got Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the LA Rams at home in Indy. 3.2% owned on ESPN, 0.4% owned on NFL. Now, Josh Downs did play really well in week number three, but I don't think that Josh Downs' success is just linked to Gardner Minshew, right? We saw that Josh Downs was getting heavily targeted even when Anthony Richardson was playing with the team. Wide receiver 26 on the week. Week three up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Eight receptions on 12 targets for 57 yards. And he's had five or more targets each week. Again, important to note that these finished numbers at running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end are not necessarily true because there's still games on Monday night. But Right now, with all the knowledge we have prior to Monday Night Football, this is the case. So again, wide receiver 26 in PPR, eight receptions on 12 targets for 57 yards, and he's had five or more targets each week and appears to be the clear numero dos, number two, option behind Michael Pittman. So if Anthony Richardson is the real deal, which I think he is, and he's good to go in week four against the Rams, now I know, Nick, the Rams defense is pretty good. I agree. I think this will be a fun one, though. And I think Josh Downs is going to continue to look really good. At number three, we have a man who is in crutches right now, Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers. Nick, he's not actually hurt. It's a joke because this guy's so fucking old. Carolina Panthers versus the Minnesota Vikings. What could only be described as a revenge game for Mr. Adam Thielen. 54% owned on ESPN, 24% owned on NFL. Last week against Seattle, it was some vintage Adam Thielen. This was some prime time not talking Dion, some prime time, Adam Thielen. Wide receiver three on the week, week three up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 11 receptions on 14 targets for 145 yards and a touchdown. Now I know, Nick, Andy Dalton was playing the Red Rifle, the Ginger Ninja, not, not Bryce Young. So uh, what does this mean? Well, I think Bryce Young is going to be back and I think that Adam Thielen is still the number one target on the team. I think DJ Chark or Jonathan Mingo, one of these guys might eventually figure it out. It's very clear to me right now, Thielen's the number one target on this team. And if I'm being honest with you, while Brian Flores, the defensive guru, is supposed to figure all this shit out, he's getting his back blown out every single week. The Minnesota Vikings defense reeks to high heaven. You can smell him straight through the screen. So, Adam Thielen against the Minnesota Vikings, revenge game? You like that? I like that as well. Moving to number four, number five, we're going to talk about them in tandem. Joshua Palmer of the LA Chargers and Quentin Johnston of the LA Chargers going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in LA. 0.7% owned on ESPN and 0.5% owned on NFL for Palmer. Meanwhile, Quentin Johnston, much higher ownership, 46.2% owned on ESPN, 46.8% owned on NFL. Now, if I'm Brandon Staley, and I drafted Quentin Johnston in the first fucking round of the 2023 NFL Draft. I am running Quentin Johnston out there over Joshua Palmer. Quentin Johnston is a much better receiver than Joshua Palmer. That is very evident in my opinion. But Brandon Staley can't even rub two brain cells together. 
This guy is as dumb as a bag of rocks. I wish the Vikings would have won, not because I love the Vikings, but because it would have taken Brandon Staley, put him in a trebuchet, and sent him straight out of L.A. I am sick and tired of Justin Herbert the pervert and this L.A. Chargers offense being put in a fucking straitjacket like your fucking Houdini underwater trying to get out of the thing because of Brandon Staley's terrible coaching decisions. Now, Nick, you like Quentin Johnston better than Joshua Palmer, so why do you have QJ ranked at five and Joshua Palmer ranked at four? Well, it's simple. It's because Brandon Staley is such a dumbass that he's going to use Joshua Palmer more than Quentin Johnston. Why do we like both of these guys? Because Mike Williams sadly tore his ACL and is out for the season. Mike Williams is a very fun wide receiver to watch. This guy makes plays that you'll never fucking see in your life. That one catch he had against the Vikings in that game was beautiful. Chef's kiss, Manufweek. He is an excellent player. He's dealt with injuries in the past, but you can't really predict injuries. It sucks that Mike Williams got hurt. That's why we like Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston. But Joshua Palmer, wide receiver 24 on the week, right? After Mike Williams goes down, Joshua Palmer instantly inserted into this offense heavily, whereas Quentin Johnston is flopping around like a fish trying to get snaps. Wide receiver 82 on the week, two receptions on three targets for 10 yards. Joshua Palmer, four receptions on seven targets for 66 yards and a touchdown. Now, again, I am praying to the football gods that Staley figures out in the back of his head, realizes, hey, maybe we should start using Quentin Johnston more, but I don't trust him. I just don't. Joshua Palmer in three games from last season without Mike Williams and with Keenan Allen in the game, eight receptions, 106 yards and two touchdowns in one game, five receptions, 56 yards in another, seven receptions for 60 yards in another game. So again, while I can clamor for Quentin Johnston, and we, all of us as a fantasy community, can say Quentin Johnston wipes his ass with Joshua Palmer, at the end of the day, we need Brandon Staley to do that. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't trust him to do that, so I would definitely add Joshua Palmer over Quentin Johnston. Before we pivot on into the quarterbacks and the tight ends, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys tonight on Monday Night Football. All you have to do is take Matthew Stafford higher than half a total yard, which is virtually guaranteed to happen. All he needs to do is get one yard in this game and match it with any other pick on Monday Night Football. For instance, you can go with Jalen Hurts higher than 238.5 passing yards up against the Buccaneers defense in Tampa Bay then you can put in whatever entry amount you want the max on this is ten dollars you get this correct you get Stafford over half a total yard Jalen Hurts over 238 and a half passing yards you will get three times your entry fee if you want to add more pieces to this pick them card if you have three pieces it's six times if you have four picks it's 10 times and five picks 20 times your entry fee and underdog has the even greater offer for you right now you can deposit $500 right now in underdog fantasy and underdog will double your deposit so you deposit 500 they give you an additional 500 now i know not everyone wants to deposit 500 so if you deposit just $100 they give you an additional 150 additional 50 25 an additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog is $10 if you are new and in any of the states listed on your screen right now, please use promo code Notorious or the link in that video description for the first match deposit bonus up to $500. And if you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Back on into things, we now move to the quarterback position at number one with a guy that's probably not available in your league, but there's still a chance. Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos going up against the Chicago, Chicago Bears in Chicago. 67% owned on ESPN, 56.5% owned on NFL. Again, I included him in the video because I know I'm going to get questions about Russell Wilson, and I do think he's the best quarterback to stream this week. Again, assuming he's available, but he's not available in most leagues, so again, we're kind of going to breeze past him. Quarterback 19 last week, week three against the Dolphins again. They just got butt-fucked in that game. Not even trying to keep things clean here. They got fucking torched, all right? Up against the Dolphins in Miami. 23 completions on 38 attempts for 306 yards with the touchdown and an interception. He didn't rush in this game. Um, Russ has looked good this season. So I, I think if there was a game for Russ to bounce back, it would be up against the Bears. The Bears' defense is not the 85 Bears. They're not the defense from a couple of years ago with Khalil Mack, a defense that carried Kissing Titties Trubisky to the playoffs. This defense is atrocious. This defense gets cut up like fucking fruit in Fruit Ninja. This defense is awful. So again, say what you want about Sean Payton. Say what you want about Russell Wilson and this Denver Broncos team as a whole. But if you think that the Denver Broncos offense is going to struggle enough for Russell Wilson not to be startable against the Bears, you don't know ball. You just don't. Again, I get the Broncos suck. I get Sean Payton looks like a fucking buffoon. I get that Mr. Unlimited didn't really return to form like I thought he could. But he also doesn't look as bad as he did last season. And the Bears' defense sucks. Cortland Sutton appears to be the number one target. Judy is getting open, but Russell Wilson just kind of hasn't been hitting him with the ball. But again, that's against the Dolphins, a defense that I think is much improved. Now, he gets what may be the worst defense or one of the bottom three defenses in the NFL. So if Russ was ever to have that Mr. Unlimited throwback game like he was in Seattle with Pete Carroll chomping some gum on the sideline, it's this week against the Bears. At number two, we got famous Jameis. Eat a W Winston. We got another revenge game. We got Adam Thielen and we got famous Jameis up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in the NO, the New Orleans Saints Stadium. 0.1% owned on ESPN, 0.1% owned on NFL. I don't know why anyone is Jameis on their team, but now they should, baby. Quarterback 28 last week, but he didn't get much action, right? It's not like Derek Carr got hurt in the first quarter or something. It was much later in the game. Week three against the Packers defense in Green Bay and Lambeau. Tough matchup. Jameis looked good. 10 completions on 16 attempts for 101 yards. Now, ultimately, the Saints lose. The Saints fucking choked away that win. Jordan Love hit him with the uh, Darth Vader force choke, and the Saints choked away. It is what it is. Jameis Winston versus Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we didn't see Baker tonight. I think he looks decent against the Eagles. Again, that's just my assumption. It's going to be a fun one. Famous Jameis versus Baker Mayfield. We know Jameis Winston. He is basically like a fucking playing the roulette wheel, right? Half the time, you're going to get famous Jameis. You're going to get Jameis that's fucking eating W's and stealing crab legs from the local grocery store. You're going to get the Jameis that throws three touchdowns. Looks like this is why they drafted Jameis Winston or the, why the Bucks drafted Jameis Winston so high. And there's going to be other games where you get a tragic version of Winston where he looks like Stevie Wonder out there trying to throw the ball. He looks like Floyd Mayweather trying to read Harry Potter, right? And that's the fun with it. High risk, high reward. I think Jameis with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, his buddy Taysom Hill, um, Jawan Johnson, Rashid Am um, Rashid Shahid, Rashid Shahid, Rashid Shahid is his real name. I'm Shahid. If you've never seen that video, 
I guess you just wouldn't get it. Maybe that's just like a video from people that are my age. Maybe they get that one. I'm Shahid, Rashid Shahid. They've got some weapons. Two Jameis's disposal. Now it's not Mike, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Still pretty good though with M Mike Thomas, Slant Man, and Chris Olave. You know what? They, that duo might actually be better than Evans and Godwin. So pretty comparable actually. So I shouldn't have shit on fucking Olave and Thomas like that. But yeah, Jameis, he's fun. He's real fun. Now he might end up sinking the battleship of your team. He might up end up taking you like Ocean Gate to go visit the Titanic and implode. Or maybe he's the iceberg and your opponent is the Titanic. And he fucking beats him down. So Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. I love him. I'm definitely streaming him this week if I'm down bad at quarterback. Number three, CJ Stroud, who's looked good. But I do worry about the matchup if I'm being honest. I'll call a spade a spade. Stroud's look good. But this week, he gets the Steelers. 10.8% owned on ESPN, 8.7% owned on NFL. Quarterback 10 last week, again, prior to Monday Night Football. Week 3 against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. 20 completions on 30 attempts for 280 yards and 2 tugs. 3 rushes for 14 yards. He's had back-to-back -back Jordan 96-97 solid performances. He looks really, really good. Him and Anthony Richardson are by far and away the best rookie quarterbacks this season. Now, this is a tough matchup, right? This is no cupcake matchup the Jaguars defense I thought would be good they got fucking spit roasted by the Texans offense Steelers defense is legit now I know Nick they just played the Raiders they look good against them uh yeah because the Raiders suck right so I'm not saying the Steelers have one of the best defense in the NFL but they might they very well might they have TJ Watt who's going to send fear down the spine his fine his fine his spine is going to be shivering like the spooky scary skeleton song so tough matchup for Stroud he should be fine. Again, I think there are brighter days ahead, though, for Stroud, right? I think there are much better matchups for Stroud coming forward. But again, if you're in a real pickle at the quarterback position, you can go with CJ Stroud. To close things out, we move to the tight end position here. Again, if you haven't enjoyed, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Sam Laporta. Now, I know Sam Laporta is owned in a lot of leagues, right? Detroit at Green Bay, 63% owned on ESPN, 47.1% owned on NFL. Tight end one last week. Week three against the hot Atlanta Falcons. Eight receptions on 11 targets for 84 yards and a touchdown. Five or more targets in every single game. Lions offense looks solid. I was talking up Sam Laporta in the draft process. I was talking up Sam Laporta in fucking rookie camp, in training camp. I was giving this guy the gawk gawk 9,000. I had to zip up his pants afterwards. I was talking so highly about Sam Laporta. And a lot of you guys listened. A lot of you guys are reaping the benefits of the man, Sam Laporta. He is highly used in this offense. Now, the matchup against Green Bay isn't the best. Green Bay Packers defense is too legit to quit. So, is this going to be his best game ever like last week? Probably not. But does he have that upside if he gets 10 plus targets again? 100% again, five more targets in every single game. I think he's trending towards like an eight target per game guy. And that is a uh, nice. I like at the tight end position, even in tougher matchups. Moving now to number two. Jake Ferguson, Fergalicious of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Patriots at home in Jerry's world. 19.4% owned on ESPN, 7% owned on NFL. Now, personally, am I a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? No. I think the Dallas Cowboys are the most fun team to make fun of because half of America likes the Dallas Cowboys. It's fun to shit on them. It is. But what a loss that was, right? Half of America's survival pools got fucking destroyed by this. But Ferguson looked good. 
Tight end 10 on the week. Week three against Arizona. In Arizona, five receptions on seven targets for 48 yards. It was his first week where getting a serious amount of targets actually equaled a solid day in terms of yardage. It was not the best matchup this week against the Patriots. The Patriots have a solid defense. But Ferguson isn't the number one option, so he'll be fine. Again, Cowboys need to bounce back. Fucking, I have no idea what Dak Prescott was seeing on that final throw of the game where he threw it. There was three defenders around, I think, Brandon Cooks, who he threw it to. The fuck is he looking at? What was that? Like, what is blood looking at? Fucking staring in, at no, he's seeing ghost Sam Darnold style. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, is this Dallas Cowboys team frauds? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, again, I'm not trying to shit all over Cowboys fans or something, but that was a disaster. I mean, the Cardinals are not good. Number three, Gerald Everett of the LA Chargers got up against the Raiders. Now, again, another guy you want to just add because, like, Williams ain't there. 33.2% owned on ESPN, 53.7% owned on NFL. So, if you need another tight end that's not in the video, just comment down in the comment section. I'll help you out. Tight end 12 last week, week three against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Six receptions on six targets for 30 yards. He had three targets in each of the first two games of the season. But it's clear without Mike Williams in the game, he will see more work. Hopefully... Uh, we stop seeing Donald Parham in the end zone all the time. And Gerald Everett can do his uh, nice touchdown dance. He could hit that dance that everyone in the NFL is hitting now, the C.J. Stroud dance. So uh, tight ends looking pretty solid. Again, if Laporte is available, you need to run to the fucking waiver wire and pick him up. Ferguson, Everett, they're okay. I, I definitely like Ferguson more than Everett, though. So thank you guys all so much for watching today's week four waiver wire pickups. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my week four rankings as well as get an answer to any questions you guys may have, check out the Patreon for $7.50. Link in the video description. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy.